Hello, Josephine. Hi, Wendy. How are you? How has your August been? Uh, hot. Sweet Mother Jesus, right? Hot. I told you, if listen, Sevens, if you can hear the air conditioner running, I'm certain I don't care. Because yeah, I don't, we don't particularly care. We are basically on the surface of the sun at this moment in the middle of California's hottest heat wave. And Josephine is recording under a beautiful banner of the United yes. States of America State Birds and Flowers. State Birds and Flowers. It's beautiful. I mean, it really is. I love it. <laughs> I was like, it was just, you know, we'll try out a different recording situation. I love it. Is this a new piece of art or you're just in a different location? Um, this is actually a new location. I'm I'm at my boyfriend's house. So, oh, um, way to be with that decor, boyfriend. Yeah, I, yeah, he has this, he has this, this is a really nice, I, I like this one a lot. I like that too. Does he also have the air conditioning? Oh yeah, he has his AC on, there's a fan on, I there's like an air purifier right next to me. Oh, I, yeah. could, I wouldn't turn it on, but So you are using right. him both for his goodies and for his air quality. I mean, you know. I mean, why else do you be in a relationship, really? So, so like 10 degrees like 10 degrees cooler here than where I, where, when I, where I live and it's, your and it's parents. still hot. I know. You just, I you know. just left your parents there to melt. I did. Well, <laughs> yeah, but they leave the, <laughs> they, yeah, they leave the AC on too. So they're all right. All right. They'll survive. Yeah. They'll well, survive. They'll, they'll, they'll get there. They're, they're survivors. Well, kids, <laughs> we're still in it. Welcome to art time of the month. Uh, this is art time of August. 2020 and we are still shut away in our homes and not returning to normal people life mm -hmm. although what even is normal anymore who knows um and so we have some entertainment news coming at you and then we have uh some you know some arts and culture to cover this month as we normally do because mm -hmm. like a period here we are again Every month, every month, we're here for you. Mm -hmm. um, shall we start with what our, we had a fun adventure together last month. We did. Separately, it, digitally, mm -hmm. apart. <laughs> um, do you want to tell the viewers what you did? Um, for the first time in my entire life, I watched uh, The Princess Bride. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, you did. You know, we did that. Um, and, and I documented Josephine's whole experience. And I know that, like, I know I had expressed some, you know, uh, what if I don't like it type sentiment in the last episode. Mm -hmm. um, and I can tell you, listener, um, if you didn't see, first of all, go to the Instagram, watch uh, Ms. Wendy's documenting of the whole thing. We saved it um, in our Insta stories. So there's a whole, yeah. yeah. There's a but whole thing there. I, I gotta tell you, I really enjoyed it. I I thought it held up pretty nicely. It did. What are we calling that? Wendy Peace Theater? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we just decided, yeah, we're calling it Wendy Peace Theater. Um, so it did. It holds up really nicely. Um, and I documented the entire Insta story. And I think that on Wendy Peace Theater, we're going to approach another classic film this month together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What shall we be watching this time? Uh, the next one will be 
one that like people are really surprised for as much film that I consume. They're really surprised when I tell them I haven't seen this one more than the Princess Bride. Uh, we're gonna get, dive into '80s classic, The Goonies. I can't believe you've never seen it. it. Like it causes me physical pain that you've never seen The Goonies. I mean, like I've seen you know when it's on TV, it always happens to be the same at the same spot that I like <laughs> catch it. Like it's always at this one spot. Where I'm like, oh, and then I put it on. I'm like, oh, yeah, this seems fun. But, like, I don't know anything leading up to that. All right. Um, So we're going to fix that together mm -hmm. this month. So stay tuned for Wendy Peace Theater. Catch that on Instagram. uh, And we'll let you know when that's happening. Absolutely. But it was really fun to watch your reactions for The Princess Bride. You had several opinions on Fred Savage. Yes. (laughs) Opinions on Fred Savage. Um. I com- I completely understand uh, now when people make those like references to like you know the pit of despair and yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, again, it's just it's one of those things where it's like I think that the Princess Bride is very um, is a, is very much like a like nostalgia piece for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, so for sure. I totally understand why because it's yeah. it's it was a good movie. Well, it's like a fairy tale that defined our generation, you know. So, mm-hmm. and I will say this: like it was so much fun being uh, somebody who introduces this this thing to someone who has never mm-hmm. seen it before. So to kind of be on the outside and to be so well-versed in that movie and then to watch you watching it for the first time was kind of uh, this whole other level of entertainment that I didn't mm-hmm. even know I needed, Josephine. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're it's welcome. Okay. Thanks. And I'm about to make you a goonie, God damn it. So get ready. <laughs> get ready. Um, you know what else we need to get ready for? That sounded so jumbled in my ears because I think we're on a delay, but oh well. Um, yeah, y'all, glitter sports are coming back. You know what? Just in time, too. Just in time. Just when you thought, like, what, what would fall be? <laughs> I am, like, so excited about this in a way that I never thought I would be excited about Dancing with the Stars. But I didn't know how bad I needed this, for real, for real. Um, I would like to just really quickly go over the cast, please, if you'll allow me. Um, and then also, I heard that, is Derek coming back? Or, not Derek, uh... The blonde kid, the one, you know, who I'm talking about, the professional dancer of, like, way, way, way back in the day. Derek Huff? Yes, I heard that Derek Huff is coming back. No, he's not? Um, I don't see him on the list of pros. Maybe he comes, and he's also on the NBC dancing show. Um, I know, but I wonder if he's going to come back. Hold on. Derek Huff. Oh, it's like a, as like a judge? Maybe. We'll see. Tell you know what? They, I mean, they did have him. They did have uh, what's her name? His sister, Juliana Huff, mm-hmm. come back as like a, a surprise judge during Disney one one year. There's some speculation that he might be replacing Len Goodman. That is a choice. <laughs> that might be really interesting. So who knows if he's returning to the ballroom or not? Who knows? Um, but that is a choice. That would be. That would be groundbreaking, really. Okay, here we mm-hmm. go. The celebrities featured this season on Dancing with the Stars 
our head coach of cheer, uh, Monica Aldama. You watch? Did we watch Cheer together? Did we talk about it here? Uh, no, I didn't watch Cheer. Did we talk um, about it here? Um, it came out earlier this year or late last year, but I did not watch Cheer. I watched it. I don't know that we ever talked about it because I think I watched it after the fact. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. It was cute, but it, there was so much hype around it, and then when I watched it, I felt like a letdown. So, but regardless, head coach. Mm-hmm. Taskmaster Monica is going to be a dancer. So I'm excited about that. Good um, for her. Air quotes, animal activist, Carol <laughs> Baskin. They really like, wow. They, they, some, some writer's room was just they like, what really are going to call reach for that. Do you remember when like Bristol Palin was on there and they were like teen celibacy advocate or something like that? Yeah like, girl, you already have two babies. Stop it. Carol um, Baskin. Carol Baskin is going to be a celebrity this season. And I am ready for that shit show. I didn't watch any Tiger King beyond one episode because nope. it was Mm-mm. way too much of a shit show for my brain to handle. But I've heard like the calamity that it was for everyone else. And um, I'm excited to see how this plays out in glitter sports. We have another Bachelorette. Of course. Caitlin. I will yes. only refer to her as the Bachelorette girl. Alan's new girlfriend, probably. I'm sure. <laughs> Whoever that dancer is going to be sleeping with this season, sure. Yeah. We it'll have... be Alan or it'll be Brandon. Look. Mm, you know what? Brandon, Brandon doesn't strike me as someone who sleeps with his partners. I think you it's know, Alan. I think it's Alan. You, you know what? See, you know me. You know I'm more here for the per, the pros than I am the celebrities. So. I know this. I know. And Alan and social media girl, like, totally got busy. And then and, and then I think and, that fizzled. So we'll uh, yes, because he, he's very much on his, uh, he's very much I'm single. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing it for, the, for, you know, for the show. Doing it for that, um, mm-hmm. that package before the dance. Oh, yeah. Um, we have Super Bowl champion Vernon Davis. Go mm-hmm. sports. Go regular sports. Go yes. regular sports. We have one-time lesbian and partner of Ellen DeGeneres. Anne Heche is going to be on there. Uh, just, you know. Former Anne, lesbian Anne Heche. There you former go. lesbian Anne Heche. I shouldn't Star be that. Star of six days, seven nights. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, come on. Anne Heche, what the hell has she done? How weird. Apparently she's a TV and film actress. <laughs> uh, with a list of how many credits? Where are they? Um, we have Sky Jackson from the Disney Channel. You always have to throw in like a Disney Channel person there. You have to. You have to. Who else do we have? We have Justina Machado hey. from One Day at a Time. Hi, Dale, a time. Lupita, hey. <laughs> I hope she goes far. I want to see Justina Machado do Latin Night. Like, that's, I'm just, just I want to see that so bad. Like, you know that she's going to dance to Gloria Estefan. You know (laughs) that I am going to, like, be weeping into my popcorn. I can't even wait about it. Um, Also, can't wait for Backstreet Boy AJ McLean. And I'm like, (laughs) when that was announced, I texted Joe and I was like, I died this day. I am so here for this. Oh my god! I wonder who he's gonna get. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm anticipating AJ is gonna be with uh, Sharna, 
with um, Jenna. No, Sharna. It's either going to be uh, Sharna, Pita, or oh, Sharna or Pita or Cheryl. I, I Cheryl does good with the the uh, Cheryl. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's like she's always paired with the bad boys. Yeah, I Cheryl feel like she'll be paired with, with AJ, and if she's if AJ is paired with Cheryl, they're going to take the trophy. Oh yeah, and I'm making that prediction now. And I think that, and if it were me, I would put Justina with Sasha because that uh-huh. would be yeah, because he uh-huh. he you know he can make he can make her work. Also, he's uh-huh. a Latin champion. This is I'm too much. I'm too much. I know. Eyebrow raise, not of head. Correct, <laughs> Justina. Um, we have Jeannie Mai from The Real. It's going to be on there. We have. TV and film actor Jesse Metcalf. What has he been in? Um, I think Jesse Metcalf was um, the gardener boy in um, uh, Desperate Housewives. Sure. Okay. He was Ava Longoria's. He was John Tucker in John Tucker Must Die. Sure. He had a He had a moment in the 2000s. He had a very... Sure. Yeah, he burned bright. <laughs> <laughs> he had a moment. Um, and then we have... Grammy winner Nelly. Nelly is getting hot in her. I Can you can. imagine Nelly doing a cha cha to hot in no, here? I will let you know though. I've seen some of the press photos, and he looks pumped. He looks so ready to be on this show. I'm like, all right, Nelly, get into it. We're here for you. Um, we have TV host Nev Schulman, who hosts Catfish. Yes, well, I mean, you know, that'll be fun for somebody's going to get him. <laughs> sure. Um, Emma. Now, you remember that I spoke to you about the sports TV, The Last mm-hmm. Dance. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a former NBA superstar, Charles Charles Oakley, is going to be uh, a dancer. And he was, like, of the Michael Jordan era of basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, we have actress... Chriselle Stouse of Selling Sunset. Yes. I don't watch that show, do you? I don't I don't watch that show. I'm not basic. Okay. <laughs> I mean I'm not basic. <laughs> let me re- let me re- let me rephrase that. I'm not basic in that way. <laughs> I'm not uh, that basic. You said what you said. I heard it. Um and then I'm really excited about this because I feel like we are going to have another Scooby Doo pop pop moment. <laughs> Ooh, my gosh. <laughs> Yo, we get Johnny Weir. Oh, God. Like the gayest gay to ever shit glitter gay. I'm so excited. Like he's going to make glitter sports so much glitterier. And he, he could go far because he like, you know, he has, he can move. Like he, he's able to move. He can move. And like he said at the Olympics, he just wants to make Reese Witherspoon proud. So there Mm -hmm. it is. So y'all, <laughs> it's going to be a real good season. And I am more excited than I am proud of about this. Yeah. 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 I'm very excited. Very excited. I mean, like, I mean, if you ask me who I'm most excited about, I'm probably going to say Justina Machado and uh, Justina Machado, Nelly and Johnny. <laughs> I'm going to say Justina Machado. I'm going to say AJ McLean. And who else was on there that I was excited about? Um, and Johnny Weir, for sure, yeah. for sure. And maybe the cheer coach. 
mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We know that we have the Bobby Bones clause in there. Yes. Right? I, and who knows now? Because with, you know, Miss Banks being they, all the they've hosts. They've changed it. Exactly. They've, so they changed up the rules with the Bobby Bones clause. They changed up. Tom Bergeron is no longer going to be with us. And I feel sad about that, but also excited to see what Tyra Banks does. I'm it'll also be really. so different because there won't be an audience. Like it'll be, That's right. yeah, we're doing this in COVID time. So it'll, it'll be a closed set for the most part. Yeah. So, you know, we're not going to have like dancers from seasons past looking in the, from the front row. Sure. 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 Um, Promoting so, the new ABC fall lineup. Exactly. You know. <laughs> um, I also just want to shout out our love for dancing with stars really goes and is tied directly to Sean Spicer's green ruffle blouse. <laughs> never I mean, forget. Never forget. And I think like y'all dancing with the stars was just like, okay, middle America, you're going to keep this asshole on our show. Then watch what our costuming department's going to do. There it is. And it was like this giant middle finger from hair and makeup. And we love you for that. Our time of the month sees you for that. Thank you. Dancing with the stars. I can't, I can't wait to see how they dress Carol Baskin. (gasps) Oh, tons of leopard prints. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be like, I'm sure it's going to be like some like foxtrot to cat scratch fever, you know, some all is cat, cat puns. I like that you already have like dances planned for them. Dancing the cha-cha-cha. I mean, just think about it. Just think about like, you know, um, Backstreet's Back with AJ, but it's like this very intense Paso Doble. Or like the tango. The tango. Oh my God. Can you imagine Carol Baskin doing the Argentine tango? No, I can't. And I'm going to, I'm going to see it. (laughs) Well, I mean, we'll see what happens and see how far she gets. Oh Oh, man. I'm so here for this. I can't wait. Oh, so, so, so good. All right. That hasn't even happened yet. And we're already like wetting ourselves over it. So we're going to calm down. We're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Um, please take it away. Yeah. Um, Chadwick Boseman uh, passed away uh, last month, late, late, uh, late August, um, after a four-year battle with uh, colon cancer. Um, that he kept very quiet. Yeah, he kept that very quiet. And, you know, again, this is like, it's, I, I made my mom... Uh, and then this is, you know, sort of watching with parents, but I made my mom watch uh, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. She's also never seen any of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And she got really into it. She loved it a lot. But at the end of Black Panther, I was like, Mom, he made this while he was, like, sick. Like, he made this in that four-year period. Between treatments and all of that, yeah. Exactly. And think about, like, all of the press that had to go into that. And then he made, like, two more movies all in that as well. So, you know, we, it's... We also just talked about the Five Bloods mm-hmm. that he had also done. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, he, again, here's someone who had, like, he made an impact. And, you know, he, he made an impact with everything that he did. And he was just so talented and all of the stories that come out, you know. But it's it was very sad because you know, I, you know, I'm not someone who... 
I'm not someone who gets too affected by like, you know, celebrities dying because, you know, people, regular people die every day. And, but like for this one, this one hit a little bit differently. Just it really he, did. You know, he was so, uh, there was still so much that I wanted to see from him and mm-hmm. so much I was interested in, in seeing. Plus, you know, he had literally, you know, just gotten married and, you know, it's, it's very sad. Yeah, it was, that was a tough one to take. And I think because he was such an idol to the black community and, Mm -hmm. and having a black superhero, right. Be that kind of representation for young black children, for black people in general to Mm -hmm. have, uh, to have a black superhero who not only portrayed him in the movie, but also lived such a noble existence in life Uh and Uh really just practiced what he preached and lived such an honorable life and gave so much to charity and really, um, you know, chose projects that were meaningful to him and, you know, to lose him like that. There are a lot of people very deeply mourning Chadwick Boseman uh-huh. because this one hits differently. You know, he was so young too. He was 43, 42, 43. Yeah. He, he was, he was in his early forties. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, I mean, and in addition to the black Panther. Black Panther. He also did 42 where he played Jackie Robinson. He did Marshall where he played Thurgood Marshall. You know, he had these, um, and then he did get on up where he played, um, James Brown. James Brown. And so it's like, he chose his projects with such care and the projects that he, he embodied really honored the black community. So like to now have, the black community honoring him in his passing mm-hmm. like this, it just, it really hit home and it, you know, it hurt a lot of people to see him go because, and that's the other thing, like no one knew he was sick, you know? So it felt very sudden, very out of the blue. And <sighs> that was a hard one. Yeah. 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 I mean, for people that, you know, don't really care about superhero movies, I don't, but I cared about Black Panther. Black Panther mm-hmm. was great, you know, and, and his body of work was really wonderful and, and what he did for Hollywood and what he did for Black Hollywood was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is for sure, sure missed and we honor him here. Yeah. Certainly. Um, moving on. Mm-hmm. We watched a lot of stuff this month. We, we did. We because certainly we're still, did. We're still in the quarantines. Yeah. We is. are. Um, I need to talk about Cobra Kai. Okay. I need to talk about this in such a way that I, I need to assign this to you as homework. Okay. Because, okay. First of all, we have here discussed here, my love of sports movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Karate Kid movies were like my childhood. That was a very real, real thing for me, okay? Now add this level of Ralph Macchio got married in my hometown. Mm. And so this is like, he was like a, like a hometown celebrity. He was like a Long Island celebrity, right? So when he got married at the Catholic Church downtown, 
all of us from our elementary school went downtown to Main Street with our little lick lick cameras like we were this little elementary school paparazzi and tried to get photos of him and his wife leaving the church. And a few people did. Got like really, really poor photos. Um, and if any one of my friends has those photos, please feel free to message them to me because I will absolutely post them on Instagram. <laughs> so anyway, so... I love that we live in a world where Ralph Macchio still has a career. I loved that he had this like come up and on ugly Betty. I love that he's like been in the game in his own way this whole time. Uh-huh. My sister said he's a Republican and I'm like, meh, meh, that aside, Cobra Kai. <laughs> okay. So Cobra Kai was a YouTube series that happened in 2018. Um, that was like on YouTube premium and you had to pay to see it. But now it's on Netflix and now everyone has seen it because now it's like number one trending on Netflix. Mm -hmm. When I tell you the entire original cast of Karate Kid are all making appearances in Cobra Kai. So you have Daniel LaRusso, his mother. Oh, nice. Original actors. You have Johnny Lawrence who's played by Billy Zabka um, and all of the original Cobra Kai, like crew that like rode motorcycles and blah, blah, blah. Like they all make an appearance again, like all original actors. Um, they make tons of references to Allie, who is Elizabeth Shue. And we haven't seen Elizabeth Shue yet, but I'm really hoping that she comes back um, in season three, which is slated for 2021. And um, yeah, the series is not, Without its problems, it is problematic a little bit because, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of consequence free drunk driving that happens in the valley (laughs) in this series. (laughs) And every time everybody gets behind a wheel with like a, like a bottle of liquor, I'm like, y'all, come on. Like, Like, look at your life. Look at your choices. Make good choices, friends. Exactly. And every time Johnny would like crack open another beer, I'm like, you don't need that beer. Put that down. Um, But there are. You can't be having that. You can't. One of the most brilliant kind of vehicles that this series did, though, is that they keep Johnny Lawrence in the 80s. Right. Like they've he's been stuck in this 80s mentality. So he doesn't know anything about like gender liberation or like the internet or, you know, like any kind of um, language that's appropriate today in 2020, Uh you know? So he's like, you know, phrases like you fight like a pussy, be a man, you know, until like his new students are like, those are really gendered expressions. And he's like, what do you mean? You know? And so at first that feels really problematic, but then you realize it's kind of built into the humor of what this stock character is, mm-hmm. you know, like him learning about the internet and what a Facebook is and what a smartphone is. <laughs> like, so those kinds of things are kind of funny. Um, he has like a really fun, like white snake dream fantasy. Like it's just like, there's so many nods to just the referential like time period. That's just really beautiful. You are really living this eighties fantasy. I love homie, homie. But the coolest thing about this series are like all of the beautiful touches that they did that were direct references to the 80s wherein they spliced footage from the movies. 
So they bring you into flashbacks from Karate Kid 1 and 2 and like, and kind of like reference um, Mr. Miyagi and, you know, and like all of these things that you're like, oh my God, that's it. That's the car. That's, that's Miyagi's house. That's his garden. Oh my God. Like, you know, so they bring back like all of these things that get you like, you know, they like definitely tug at your nostalgia and, and Mm -hmm. it fucking works. It works. That shit is good. That series stands alone, whether you even knew the Karate Kid or not. But it works. And it was fucking amazing. Awesome. Okay. And I will have you know that both me, my sister, and my 48-year-old brother all watched Cobra Kai this weekend. And all of us were all talking to each other about it all weekend. But, y'all, if you grew up in that time period, if you ever had a thing for Ralph Macchio, like please get into this show because mm-hmm. Ralph Macchio kind of ages like he aged well, but he's like still a pussy. Billy Zabka as Johnny Lawrence. He aged well also, and he's still like bad boy hot. Yes. Mm-hmm. He is still hot. Okay. And I'm going to encourage you, Josephine, <laughs> to watch this series and text me along the way. I hope that we get in the in subsequent seasons. I hope we get Elizabeth Shue. I really yes. hope that we like yes. we get like Hillary Swank. Uh, oh, because yeah, she was she the next was the karate third, kid. The next karate kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I make references to the original Karate Kids, I'm only referring to one and two. But mm-hmm. yes, I feel like Hillary Swank's Karate Kid was like a very separate entity, but this definitely Cobra Kai is definitely an extension of like the one and two movies. Okay. Yeah. But there are like girls doing karate in this and it's really cool. And then it's like, you know, they eat both Danny and Johnny have kids and, you know, and like, uh, it's like, it's so good. It's just really good. <laughs> I just really want you to watch it. It's really good. Well, add it to the homework list because I'm adding it to your list. Okay, that sounds. I, I, I mean, I'm very interested, and I was interested in doing, in watching it when it was on YouTube. Uh-huh. But you know, I, I was living a non, a pre, a pre COVID life then. This and is I a pre COVID life, and now they're all bangers, like half hour episodes, ten episodes a season, just bang it out. Okay, real good, real good. What's next on our list, Josephine? Work it. <laughs> the Work It competition. Tell me about Work It. What is uh, that? Work, uh, work It was a dance movie <laughs> on Netflix that starred a bunch of people. Mainly it starred for me, Jordan Fisher. I do love a good Jordan Fisher moment. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, it was Jordan Fisher... I don't even know the 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 lead girl's name, but Jordan Fisher, Liza her Koshy. Na- <laughs> yeah, so her character name was Quinn. Quinn, yes. She also played the racist friend in The Hate You Give. Ah, ah, okay, okay. So made that connection. So right away, as I started watching Work It, I was like, "Why do I hate you?" It's like, oh, oh that's right, because you were blatantly you. racist in another movie. Got it. I hate you. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's Liza Koshy. It's um, 
Uh, Keenan Lonsdale plays um, the villain, which I love because it's like Keenan Lonsdale, who people may know from uh, Love, Simon. He gets to play like this really, this really, really awesome, like, queer character mm-hmm. um, who goes by one of the better villain names ever in a teen movie uh, goes by the name Juilliard. Uh, <laughs> and what's funny is that when you say villain, I would say villain light <laughs> because he wasn't even portrayed as like, like the evil character. He was just like a mean kid that we kind of hated for five minutes and then forgot about. But it was just, it's so, uh, it was like, was it bad in some parts? Yes. yes. But, but it was definitely like a fun watch. Like this is something you put on. Uh, for me, it would be something you just put on to have on in the background. And I would pair this with like, uh, I would pair this with Take the Lead, which was like in, along the similar veins. Um, yeah, I'm going to gently push back on this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I would not have this on in the background ever again. <laughs> this movie was such boo-boo garbage trash. I was like, so I was like, I texted you and I was like, I can't wait. That was gentle, everybody. Boo-boo garbage trash was gentle. <laughs> it was ball sack trash bags. Yes. It was so bad. I texted you and I was like, I can't wait to talk about how bad this is because it was, first of all, they made a movie about dance with no one who could dance. That's true. Where the lead person can't dance. Like that's none the of them thing. can dance. And even Jordan Fisher, like kind of could dance. He like musical theater dances, but like this was not a like pop lock in hip hop dance movie. Like yeah. this was bad. So there well, was no- Liza Koshy can dance. Like Liza Koshy is a dancer. Sure. But, I mean, and that's, but that's also part of the premise of the film. It's like, like how, can we make a dance movie about a bunch of people who can't dance? That form yes, of but then we put them in a tournament against other people who claimed to be like the best dancers, and they couldn't dance either. So because no, it's, about, it's the heart. It's they they did it with their heart. <laughs> I'm gonna call your bullshit. Don't even. <laughs> I think I'm just too blinded by Jordan Fisher. You you are so blinded by Jordan Fisher. Here's the thing. It was referential to Pitch Perfect. Very. Mm -hmm. It was referential to... um, Save the Last Dance. Save the Last Dance. It was referential to the... um, The the movie about Juilliard, the dance program at Juilliard. Oh, uh, take the uh, center stage. Thank you, center stage. It was referen- It was referential to every teen competition movie. I don't even want to say dance movie. Just like comp- teen competition movie, there ever was. There was some Bring It On references in there, mm-hmm. um, and there were literally moments where it was like scene for scene. Okay, I know what's going to happen now because this happened in fill in the other teen movie I saw one mm-hmm. time. It was so bad. It was really bad. And I watching I was watching it thinking, Jordan Fisher, I know you're better than this. I've seen but, you do better. Is he? <laughs> is he? I was like, choose your projects, boo-boo. This is bad. I was really here for Keenan Lonsdale, uh, because it's such a departure from the Love Simon character, which a lot of people know him from. Um, 
and we so know it was, how to feel about Love Simon too. This, yes, <laughs> I'm saying, it's like such a departure. And then, I mean, I think the person who stole the entire movie was Michelle Buteau as the admissions counselor at Duke. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I also was like a little low key disappointed in Michelle Buteau for taking on this project also. <laughs> I was know like, I, <laughs> Michelle Buteau, do better. Like, you know what? You are I, so much I, better than this. I would push back on that. I think she needs to collect the check any, any way she can get it. Plus, I mean, it's I so, that, obviously, but... so obviously setting it up for a sequel, maybe. Um, I or like. That. I mean, I would love to see like a, I would love to see like a half hour, like season one. Work it. They're in. They're at you know NYU. Would um, you? You would love to see that. Yes, I. I actually <laughs> like this. I liked. It. Oh my god! All right, if this happens, they're setting it up for a sequel. Joe will be the only one talking about it. I'll be the only one talking about it. And I will I will be sitting here zip-lipped. No. Wendy I, will be like uh, like audibly shaking her head looking at me like I'm not I watching this. I will be looking and judging at you, sir. Absolutely. The audacity of like net like this is how you know Netflix has too much money. The audacity to do a dance movie, a teen dance movie where about no one can dance. Who can't dance like <laughs> <laughs> but they have the heart. <laughs> oh my god! Formulaic, you know, formulaic, formulaic. It was. I. I don't know. I. You know. I'm also. I think the quarantine's getting to me. I just. You know. <laughs> Listen. I'm glad it made you happy. I'm glad that you found joy in that piece of garbage trash. They I did a big Frida track. Like, come on. Like, I can't. <laughs> They also had, like, I had my subtitles on for part of it, and when they introduce uh, Jordan Fisher's character, he that he's dancing to a Jordan Fisher song, like it says there in the oh. subtitles. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then all of a sudden, it's like they kiss, and magically she can dance. Exactly. And then magically, she's like jumping up onto his dick to straddle him as they dance around a, a nursing home. And I'm like, what? Are, what is this? What? No, I know. So I know. Bad. Y'all. It was so bad. If you want to agree with me and find out exactly how bad this movie is, please watch Work It on Netflix. It was like, I'm so glad that Work It and was filmed call me. at Frederica <laughs> Manor in Chula <laughs> <Bishop>. <laughs> Oh my God. Basically, basically, <laughs> yes. Um, tell me about Boys State, please, on Apple Plus. Sure. So um, Apple Plus released a wonderful documentary called Boy State. Um, basically, what Boy State is, is that it's a it's a program that's run every summer, probably not this summer, but it's run every summer with, with the American Le- through the American Legion. And there is a girl state. Um, but what it does is that it's um, it's a, a civic kind of government simulation. So. Mm-hmm. They gather um, a, gr- a bunch of boys from high school age boys, probably in like their junior year, going into their junior year of, mm-hmm. of high school, gather them up, put them at um, a university, most likely it's a university, and uh, they basically build a state government from the city level to the county level, then then to the state level. Hmm. And they build it as if, you know, they, they build it as if it's um, a, a mirroring the current system. So mirroring mm-hmm. the two-party system. And there's all these different positions that you can run for. And I watch Boys State because um, 
you know, in this year, this being an election year, Boy State is the political movie that everybody should watch. Like, it is the movie that everybody should be watching. And um, I'm not the only one saying that. There's plenty of people who say that, uh, who, plenty of people who are also saying that, too. But I also watched it because I attended Boy State, California Boy State. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school and Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor and he came and we went to the state capitol and all that. So the thing about the thing about it was that like it it held true. There were things that like held true to my experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like there's a band at Boy State because, you know, as like, you know, when you're having giant events, you know, there's always a band there when you have like a governor for Boy State. It's a band that's there. Um, they have a Boy State talent show, which like the way that they had the talent show was exactly the way that it was when I was in high school. But it it's so fascinating because, you know, it this particular Boy State takes place in Texas. Mm-hmm. So with Texas Boy State and, you know, us being, you know, West Coast liberal elite, um, seeing the kinds of things and the kinds of politics that are going, like these kids basically are going through and, and um, using to kind of get to the next level or how they're campaigning for things. And, and then it also shows you the, the ways in which, like it gives you a really cool insight into like a youth's understanding of modern politics. Mm. And it is so, it's so good and it's so impactful. Nice. And you're just rooting, you're like rooting for, I'm not going to spoil it because I, I think that everyone should watch it and you're like, you, everything is not what it seems. And it's just so, it's so good. Um, are the kids but, in this documentary, do you root for them? Or do you like them? I, I, I do like them. You, you definitely there are, there are kids where it's like, you definitely don't like them, uh-huh. but like, and there are some people who have like, it's redeeming in the same, it just in the same movie, it's redeeming. But there's one in particular where you're just kind of like, ooh, you're going to be really successful and it's going to be, be because, like, you know how to play the game. Like, that's mm. the other thing, too, is that, like, they – you can come to Boy State with an agenda or you can just come and just be. Like, that's mm-hmm. – you know, that's – and that's what's interesting about all of that is that you can – and these kids who they follow are people who came with an agenda, who have clear focus and direction – and it reminded me of about like how I didn't have any of that <laughs> when I went mm-hmm. to Boy State, but cool. but yeah. So I believe everybody should watch it, and I'm going to make that your homework. Okay, I will. <laughs> I totally will. It is. Um, yeah, I can't wait to hear what you say, especially as like you know an educator, an educator mm-hmm. of children, people. Yeah, um, it's it, it's something that um, I think is really important for people to to. Yeah. To, no, I'm definitely interested. That's exciting. Yeah. Cool. Very yeah, and cool. like a lot of really a lot of presidents went to Boys State. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in government they kind of go over that a little bit in the in the opening. How far credit. back does Boys State go? Um, very far. Uh, Bill Clinton went to Boys State. Um, he, Cory is Booker. that when he met Kennedy? I'm no. not sure. Okay, because there's I'm that like sure. famous picture of Bill Clinton as a teenager shaking hands with President Kennedy. Um, I don't know. They didn't use that picture specific. They didn't use a picture like that, but like mm-hmm. they, there's a lot of people who went to boys state and simultaneously there's a lot of people who went to girls state. Like that's the other thing is uh-huh. that it's in a binary and, mm-hmm. uh, 
and it takes you like it's from the like um the interview process going forward <laughs> to it and i had no idea what it was mm-hmm. um i didn't realize it was this it was this whole thing until i was actually in it mm-hmm. and yeah it was it was one of the more influential uh, experience. Is it like a life. weekend? Is it like a one week thing? What is it's it? Like a week. It's like a week. Uh, a week. So when I went in California, it was at Sacramento State University. Okay. And we stayed in every, um, every like sweet area was a city. And then every building was a county. Cool. And then all the counties were, and then all the counties formed like the state government. And from like, from day one, like depending on, Again, depending on how you are, it's like you, how focused, how driven you are, you're like campaigning from the, the from the very bit bottom. So like mm-hmm. you're getting signatures, what that process is like, you're filling out campaign finance disclosure forms. And this was an interesting, I felt like this particular movie was interesting because it showed, um, it showed like media like it had a whole thing where like they went on television and the media cycle and you know like running of campaign virally like that like it was so fascinating that's cool nice yeah thanks for that lesson josephine welcome i watched howard on disney plus (laughs) almost the same thing as boy state almost yes not really um, Howard is this beautiful documentary on Disney Plus about Howard Ashman, mm-hmm. who is uh, famously the um, the other half of Howard and Ashman, or of I'm sorry, Ashman and Mencken, mm-hmm. um, uh, the songwriting duo. So um, Howard Ashman did uh, like book and lyrics, and Alan Mencken did like the music for it, and um, so it was really about his um, like his entire career as a gay man also coming up in the eighties and nineties and, and really like from the seventies and how he started in like underground theater in New York and, um, and how he founded a theater company in New York that lasted for a while. And then, um, and then kind of how he was brought on to do this first Disney project, Mm -hmm. which was uh, the little mermaid. And actually, and he was brought on to do, it was his idea to do Little Shop of Horrors to turn Little Shop into a musical. So, um, so he and Mencken together made that, this, this musical that was produced at this like teeny, teeny, tiny off-Broadway theater before it was then brought to the Orpheum, before it was then brought, you know, um, became a thing, a camp musical, you know? So he had this like history of producing works under his belt before he ever got to Disney. And then when he got to Disney, um, his narrative really changed the way we grew up with musicals, you know, in the way that like his formula for the I want song and, um, you know, and, and what the characters needed to be saying and when, and why should it be through song? Um, and so his, his brain, like behind all of those decisions that we just kind of always thought were there, they weren't there before Howard Ashman was mm. at Disney, you know? So um, it's this really beautiful documentary about, you know, it really honors his career and his partner, his longtime partner. Um, and then it also is very honest about his, uh, his decline with AIDS and everything. The interesting thing is that this was a documentary made in 
the era of COVID. So -hmm. while I was expecting to kind of see sit down interviews with Alan Menken, and I was expecting to see sit down interviews with uh, his partners and his creative partners and uh, Jody Benson and all of these people who have like worked with him throughout the years, you don't see any present day footage of these people. There's only recordings of them uh, and voiceovers of them with like tons and tons of beautiful footage. So it's almost like you're watching like um, a a photo album, you know, spliced with some uh, like archived footage of him and, and all that. And meanwhile, the whole thing is done in these voiceovers of people telling the story of Howard's life, including his sisters and and things like that. So, Yeah. So it's just really, really beautifully done. And, um, if you are a kid that grew up on the little mermaid and beauty and the beast, um, and Aladdin, you know, he had a hand in all of that. He was the hand in all of that. And, and then you see him like in the booth with Jody Benson, like coaching her how to sing and coaching her how to phrase things as, as Ariel, as Belle, as, you know, all of these characters. It's just, it was really, really fascinating. Um, And then when he got sicker and he like officially kind of disclosed his illness to Disney, um, they, Disney valued him so much that they moved their entire orchestration from the West Coast out East so that he could be present in the studio here when like, you know, you see Jerry Orbach singing, for Beauty and the Beast and you see Angela Lansbury's recording session for Beauty and the Beast and you see Howard Ashman there in the studio. Um, and, and Disney moved all of that production East for Howard Ashman wow. um, because he was that far into his illness that he couldn't make it back. So, um, so yeah, it was this like just beautiful little, you know, this beautiful love letter to his career and the stamp that he put on Disney and how Disney and Pixar to this day, how they craft musicals and how they tell stories. Wow. You know, yeah, just really beautiful. beautiful. So if you have Disney Plus, it's worth checking out. Okay. And there it is. I give it my recommendation. Awesome. Tell me about Lovecraft Country. I went to Lovecraft Country. Um, this is probably something that we'll be discussing at length more um, on Fright School because it is it is definitely in the horror area, in the horror space. Um, mm-hmm. Lovecraft Country is based on a novel, and it is um, about a, a group of travelers. Uh, one of them, his name is Atticus, his Uncle George, and um, a... I guess Atticus's friend from childhood who happens to be on this, her name's Letty. And basically they're on this uh, journey to find Atticus's father. Um, the reason why it's called Lovecraft country is that um, it's it, the elements of HP Lovecraft, like mythology and his kind of sci-fi horror, um, his sci-fi horror work um, are all, in this, but the most interesting thing about Lovecraft Country is the fact that, like the the characters are black, um, the main characters are black, and H.P. Lovecraft was like a notorious racist who all of his work is like influenced by his racism. He, mm-hmm. um, and that's addressed a little bit in the show. Um, and there's actually an area of I think Massachusetts. There's like an area that's called Lovecraft Country because that's where he wrote, and that's where some of the his stories are based, and and all of that. But um, 
what's interesting is that like it handles um it talks about like the racism of that time like we're talking like the late 50s early 60s racism and the first episode of Lovecraft Country is really great it's called Sundown and the characters are like racing to get out of a sundown county where if there were any black people um which means that you know if there were any black people there after sundown like they would have been arrested and in this in this particular case shot so again like you have the ele- those elements of race mixed in with horror and um in the genre space and it's and it's so beautifully shot as well like it's on HBO it's on HBO Max it's beautifully shot it feels like you're watching a film um this is uh JJ Abrams is uh is partially behind this as well mm-hmm. too and it's just so it's so different but it's also so present like prescient like this mm-hmm. it's something that needs to happen right now and again that's one of the reasons why i love horror as a genre because it you're able to speak so immediately to things that are happening um right now mm-hmm. so totally recommend it lovecraft country and watchmen are like two fil- two tv shows both on hbo that are dealing with race in a very specific way and um, it'll be, I can't wait to see more of it. Cool. Nice. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, on August 31st, the last day of the month, um, Apple Music hosted Versus, the battle between Brandy and Monica. And the internet died. The internet mm-hmm blew the hell up because, oh my God. Okay. So I need to discuss this first. Like the archetype of Brandy and Monica, like if you grew up with them in the eight, in the nineties, they were the nineties. Um, for me, they were like, you know, high school, college, Brandy was everything. Um, I felt like I was always like more of a Brandy fan, but then listening to Brandy and Monica in the versus battle, I was like, Oh, Monica had some bangers. I totally forgot. Like she had jams. So the archetype of the two of them are that Brandy is totally awkward black girl. Mm-hmm. And Monica is like supportive, but like fly as hell black girl. Right. So it's very much that kind of insecure, like Isa and Molly relationship. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> like they love and respect each other. And there was so much shade being thrown around on the internet and on Twitter, like people saying that like Brandy was like shading Monica, but like, no, she's really just like an awkward fangirl of Monica's, right? Like, I don't think there was ever any real beef between the two of them, but, um, you know, Monica comes out and like head to toe fancy looking fly as hell. And the two of them just sat there in their little director's chairs, like singing and like playing jams back and forth. And Brandy was like, hold on, I have to read a poem. And so like Brandy would like read a poem and Monica was like trying not to roll her eyes, but like, it was just, oh my God. And I mean, with every jam, both of them could sing their faces off, you know? Mm -hmm. And Brandy was like singing along with everything. Monica, not so much. And then of course they like ended the night with the boy is mine. And it was just fire. Of course. Yeah, and now, you know, Apple playlists are, like, you know, blowing up and, you know, they have, like, the the top ten spots on, like, the Billboard charts again or something like that. Um, so it was, it was a moment. 
it was definitely an R&B moment in music that that everyone was really looking forward to. There was a lot of hype. Kamala Harris made an appearance. In in it? Yes. What? She popped in virtually to um to say that she had been looking forward to it and that, you know, she really thanked them for doing this as a like uh of rock the vote kind of thing, you know, that they were promoting voting um, and being registered and all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So Kamala Harris was like also fangirling out. She was like, I'm so excited That's for awesome. tonight. I've been looking forward to it. And we were like, me too, Kamala, me too. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah, but it was great. And it was also, I'll just say this happened on, um, uh, on the first day of school. It was that night. So mm-hmm. I was at the fir- end of the first day of school was like, you know, digitally and distance learning is so hard, um, necessary, but hard. And so at the end of that day, I was just like exhausted. And to just like listen to Brandy and Monica, like play music for like two hours was just everything I needed that day. It was really dope. Oh, that's awesome. That's it. That's what that I was have. that little. That was a little back to school gift. It was. I was like, "Thanks, Brandy. Thanks, Monica. Yeah. I appreciate you." Just one of them days. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what it felt like. It was beautiful. It was awesome. Uh, so genre, you know, speaking again, like this, the last these could all have been in our um, in our uh, Black Art Matters because I watched uh, Project Power on Netflix. Yeah. And which got like a ton of press. It got a huge amount of press. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, and what's interesting is that like, you know, project power is, it is um, science fiction, action movie thing where the premise is that um, a drug is being released uh, in new Orleans that when a pill that when taken, the pill will give the, um, the taker five minutes of a, of a superpower and no one knows what superpower they get until they take it. Sometimes people like spontaneously combust and die when they do take it, but it's, but it's only active for like five minutes. And the film is just basically, you know, dealing with new Orleans being overrun by like, criminal people who take these pills, but then also um, Jamie Foxx plays someone who's like trying at all costs to kind of stop the spread, mm-hmm. stop it from going to other cities. So it stars Jamie Foxx. It stars uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And it sounds what, a little bit like 24. Yes. It's very, it has very much 24 vibes. Um, and there is, um, there's a great character who um, is, I think this is her first film role. Um, and it's just like, it's 24, it's, it's a uh, training day. It's got, you know, all those kinds of elements to it. In addition to, you know, uh, all of the things that you would expect from like a big budget superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was interesting for me is that like, you know, I kind of watched a little bit of the press that was, uh, surrounding this. So I watched some interviews that, um, you know, all through zoom, all through, you know, all remotely that, um, uh, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levin did, and and apparently Joseph Gordon-Levin he took like time off from uh, he took time off for a while to have kids, and then he did like three movies back to back that are all being released this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I this is the second one I've actually watched both of them so far, including Project Power, and then the third one's coming out later. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's going to be, it's fun. It's it um, groundbreaking. No, um, but it is a lot of fun and it is very much like that kind of gritty action movie mm-hmm. uh, says a lot about, again, it says a lot about like um, drugs and the kinds of communities that they, you know, are in and how, and like, what if like the drugs actually gave people power? Mm. And so there's a lot of those interesting conversations too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes drugs are just fun guys. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I'm not promoting drug use, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I, we want to end this conversation of our, um, our, our August viewings with Canada's drag race. Yeah. Canada's drag race. Canada's drag race. It's different than RuPaul's drag race. Had you watched the other drag races, the like Thailand or, I watched, you know, I watched British. I watched, um, UK drag the race. UK drag race. Okay. And I was obsessed with, uh, bag of chips. Mm-hmm. Obsessed with her. Um, so, but RuPaul hosted the UK drag race season one mm-hmm. and Canada, Canada's drag race does not have RuPaul in it. So RuPaul does all the, you know, you got she mail, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see like recorded snippets of her throughout every episode, but she does not host. So every episode there's a guest host, um, which is, you know, some unknown to us Canadian superstar royalty like oh that person must be canadian royalty because the queens freak out about this guest host and we're like meh whatever um and then all the songs that they have to lip sync to are like trey canadian and Mm -hmm. we don't really know them um but what have your thoughts been on the season I well on the format specifically I really enjoy it and I think that this shows like a pathway forward for um this shows a pathway forward for a, for a RuPaul's drag race existing without RuPaul. Mhm. Like that is to like turn it over to his queens to his all-stars. Exactly. Like this is very much like this is how you do it. Like this is how this is a blueprint for what drag race could be without RuPaul. Uh-huh. Did I miss him? Yes. Yeah. What, but I thought it worked really well having like hosting duties be split among the three judges. And then your special guest judge is the person who kind of like is the master ceremonies yeah. for that particular thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that um, that was one of the most important things about this particular format. I don't know how they do it in Thailand's drag race or mm-hmm. how they were going to do it in Holland's drag race coming up. Mm-hmm. But um but I thought that was really great. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the Queens this season. And the only reason I started watching is because on more than one podcast I had and, and, and Instagram, like I've been seeing people comment about how it's like this, it's this great return to um, what drag race was like in the early seasons, mm-hmm. like the, earn- mm-hmm. the earnestness of it. And yeah. it was like, you know, there was no, and there's there no like of, untucked and no, and there's a lot of older queens mm-hmm, on this yeah. season who have more of a story to tell, um, and so that was really cool. And then I think even for us to just kind of see like the difference between the French Canadian queens and like the queens from different provinces around Canada, you know, it's mm-hmm. 
the cool. different provinces and the different, you know, all of this, all of those dynamics. Plus, uh, you know, to talk about, um, you know, to talk about like queens who kind of, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they applied for uh, like original drag race and didn't get in, but like in this way, they can like really represent Canada mm-hmm. and, you learn a lot of like you learn a lot of really strange things about Canadian culture. I'm yeah, bored. what's their but sign yeah, off? Like, stay really true good. north, and what do they sign off with? Like stay true north, and like it's just I'm like oh, and that's really great because it's like mm-hmm. you know it's different. It's not yeah, it's not the usual thing. Um, and it's just fun to stare at Brooklyn Heights and Jeffrey Boyer Chapman for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I th- I would say I think Brooklyn Heights did like a really great job. Mm-hmm. behind the table I think that um like she's serving looks every week but also like really great commentary and super witty and sharp and that has been kind of fun to see this like second iteration of Brooklyn Heights yeah I didn't really like Brooklyn on her season like I wasn't oh really I loved her, her. loved um, her so I, so this to me was just like, oh, like I mainly watch for Jeffrey Bora Chapman, but to see them and Stacey, like it, I was like, okay, Brooklyn's really, I see what people are saying now. Mm-hmm. I'm here really for Stacey. Me. I love Stacey. Mm-hmm. Here for her. Do you not like her? Do you like her? Do you want? Oh, no, I love her too. I mean, like, th- and that's the other thing is that the three judges was like the first time that I've like a hundred percent love, like yeah. the judging panel. Yeah. <laughs> They're flawless. Um, and I will be in their debt forever for introducing me to Deborah Cox's Absolutely Not. <laughs> mm. Yes. Ugh, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, I want us to move on to, um, you know, our comfort viewing. Um, you know, we're still in the quarantines. We still need to quell our anxiety and get through every day by feeling cradled and safe. So what have you been watching to feel cradled and safe? Um, I've been watching, I've watched a lot of comfort viewing and it's a lot of really strange things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've done more comfort viewing than actual viewing of things. So we'll uh-huh. see, but you know, so. I feel like that's the same I, for me too this month too. Actually. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, like, I can only imagine with you because you're, like, starting school and, like, you need to feel comforted at every oh, turn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so the, the, the things worth mentioning are that I, st- I watched in one weekend The Twilight Saga. <laughs> and by watch, um, I skipped through certain parts just to get to the parts I wanted to see. Um, I I will say that I watched the Twilight Saga, even though I didn't watch New Moon uh, because New Moon was garbage. Um, <laughs> Are you? Did you read the books before you saw the movies? No, never wa- Never read the books. Okay. Like, <laughs> so my my only experience with Twilight is the is the um, is the movies. So the Twilight books were written by someone who basically based this on like Mormon porn, right? It was uh, started, uh, Twilight started out as um, uh, Fifty Shades fan fiction. Fifty Shades um, fan fiction, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was exactly. a Mormon house, housewife, yeah. Exactly, so... Yeah, cool. it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of like you know, again, like it's a lot of uh, vampirism as like uh, vampirism as a stand-in for like abstaining from sex before marriage and all of that uh-huh. stuff. Like, and that's very apparent apparently in the novels, and it comes across a little bit in the films. I just love the fact that like I'm watching this and I'm like, Kristen Stewart is gay as fuck now. <laughs> so yes, 
Yes. Um, and then there was the whole Jacob versus Edward thing. There was the Jacob versus Edward. I was always team Jacob, handed off to a brown king. Yeah. Give me give me a brown king. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, a brown king or a sparkly pale boy? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Like, what's the difference? Come um, on. It, there, it, and it was just like, towards the end, it was just like, wow, we are really milking this. Like, this makes no sense. Oh. It was, It was, again, it was a fun watch to just have on in the background. Um, I also watched, um, I had like a day of my, my like day of documentaries. So like the day that I watched, uh, Boy State, I also watched, um, Never Surrender, the Galaxy Quest documentary. Um, I don't know what any of those words mean. (laughs) So Galaxy Quest was a, was a film that came out in like, uh, 2000, 2001. And it's about, um, it's basically like Star Trek fan fiction, but it's not Star Trek. So Uh the, the premise of the movie is that there, um, there's a cast from this show, uh, called Galaxy Quest and now they're all like they're going to conventions and you know they're doing these trying to still recapture the magic for money and um what ends up happening is that a surrender and what ends up happening is that this group of aliens uh receives these transmissions of their show as if they're historical documents and basically uh, in-person models their entire civilization after the show and like recreates the ship. So the whole, so the crew now has to actually play for real. Um, and it was great. Like I, this was, a, it's a really, it was a really fun, um, it was a really fun movie uh, when it came out. It has like Tim Allen. It's got some really good scenes with him. But the reason why I watched the documentary is because I actually have a friend, um, Kyle Kuchka, who wor- who worked on the documentary. And the documentary itself goes into kind of like the why it's why Galaxy Quest has received this like cult following over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's my like. This is a very nerdy thing. Yes, yeah, um, nerdy. But a lot of fun. Plus, it has Alan R- Galaxy Quest has Alan Rickman in it, mm-hmm. and they tell a lot of stories about you know. What year how did Galaxy Alan Rick- Quest come out? It was like two thousand, two thousand one, maybe even like ninety nine. I like vaguely remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before and, we get to your next, mm-hmm. um, were, were you done with the Galaxy Quest? Thing? Oh yeah, it's I'm 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 done. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I'll keep going. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. Um, I have been watching. A couple of things, but all like of the the HGTV variety. So I have discovered Hometown, which is for me like the new Fixer Upper. It's the new Chip and Joanna Gaines for me. Okay. Because Chip and Joanna Gaines were getting like I've seen all of their episodes like a million times. Cool, done, right? And as much as I love Joanna's style and like the end product with their houses, Chip Gaines is a douchebag and I'm kind of like over him. Like he's super like cheese and I can't deal with him. So hometown is about Ben and Aaron and they're a married couple in Laurel, Mississippi. Now, why do I care about places like Waco, Texas and Laurel, Mississippi, I don't, except for on HGTV, okay? So 
this series is like the two of them and he's this like giant bear of a man and she's like mm-hmm. this tiny little blonde woman and they're like the cutest couple in love and he is not a douchebag like Chip Jane. Chip Gaines. He's like funny and cute and like a beautiful woodworker. Um, and she like does watercolors of what the houses will look like instead of like these like digital renderings of what the houses will look like. And then they just make these like darling houses. Now here's the thing. You could buy a house in Laurel, Mississippi for like 30 grand and then turn it into like this beautiful, original craftsman home, you know, and then have it be worth like 200 grand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just like really loved their projects and I love like the way that they approach their projects and um, the kind of love and care that they have for their, their hometown. They're, it's just really warm and lovely and endearing. And so they have five seasons of this show. I sure did watch every single one of them. Oh my gosh. Listen, Give me a home renovation show. I'm all fuck about it. I'm here for it. I did love the episode of Hometown where they like took one of they took a home and they like added columns in to make it look extra. That like, is every southern, episode that they do. Like. They're like, yeah, we're gonna remove these kind of like gabled columns and we'll make that we'll return that to the original craftsman. And then we're gonna like restore this natural porch that you have. We'll open it up. Like, you know, meanwhile, it's like down in like Mosquitoville, Mississippi. Like where no one would ever want to live, but like they kind of make me want to live in Podunk, Mississippi. And I'm here for it. Let's make it look more like it did in the antebellum South. Like, (laughs) I mean, but like, then I love their use of color too. Like they, they make these houses like colorful and beautiful and fun again, you know? Mm -hmm. So Racism aside, the other thing, like, they're not racist. And the other thing is, like, they reworked a lot of houses for a young lesbian couple, for a gay couple, for interracial couples. So I'm, like, all about it. I'm, like, look at you, Ben and Aaron, being super woke. Go ahead. Look at you being woke in the Deep South. Good. Good for you. Let's get them a magazine. Let's Let's do it. Let's get them a media empire. Let's do it. Why not? I'm surprised you're not like watching like that show with uh, Christina Almusa, like the like Christina. <laughs> I have watched a few. I watched her first season. I can't deal with Tarek. So like, well, yes, her, no. I can't deal with like his new spinoffs and shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. She, I definitely followed her Insta story with like her whole new journey with her man and like her pregnancy and blah, 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 blah right? Um, I kind of don't really like her style and I don't like how like beach Barbie she is. So she's not my kind of television that I enjoy watching. (laughs) The only, like the only reason I love watching flipper flop is the, is just the dynamic between the two of them where like she'll walk in. (laughs) Yeah. You, you just knew, you just knew. And it's always like, you know, they're playing with the kids and then it's like, Oh, this house is up for auction. Like, hand yep. the kids over to some family member. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. And the other thing that I've been watching for comfort viewing has been like all the old seasons of project runway, just like mm. keeping it on loop in the background noise, you know, mm-hmm. and that's been kind of fun to revisit as well. I, my, my favorite season of project runway besides, I mean, besides Ashley Nell Tipton, of course, Holler. will always be, um, Daniel Vosovic, <laughs> Daniel Vosovic and Santino, 
Um, oh, that was like the second season. Yeah, it's like it's very early on because I just remember thinking like um I remember <laughs> looking at Daniel Vosvik and being like, I think I'm attracted to that man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do remember, and I wish that Hulu had the early, early seasons on. Oh, mm-hmm, but Hulu mm-hmm. does not have the early seasons, and I think that that was like a Bravo licensing thing before you know before Project Runway moved over to Lifetime, and now it's back on Bravo, but like with Christian Siriano as host yeah. instead or as mentor instead. So you know, it's had several gajillion iterations, but it's kind of nice to revisit it. You know, when they'd send like my favorite are like the designers that like, you know, are like hot shit. And then they Mm -hmm. like, don't meet the time constraints and they send some bullshit that's like stapled together down the runway. And then they have to stand on the runway and defend it. Like they're Mm -hmm. proud of it. And you know, they're not proud of it. You know, they're freaked out by it. (laughs) So that's my favorite. It's just like, I like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, what can you do? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what you've been watching on YouTube. On YouTube. Oh, man. Uh, I've been watching a lot of YouTube. Um, <laughs> so I recently somehow, like, clips from the Graham Norton show from the UK are getting recommended to me. And lately they've been doing, like... They're all been, good. Yeah, like, they're, every they're time really you good. watch them, they're good. Yeah. So I watched the first one that I watched was um, the best of like uh, sirs and dames mm-hmm. on the Graham Norton show, and then they started coming out with like all of these like packages of just different clips that you know are all like it's all the Marvel people that I've ever been on, and all of these people, musicians and stuff like that. So Graham Norton clips have been fun, and then I recently started um, like watching back episodes and new episodes of the Try Guys. Um, what is that? So the Try Guys are this uh, four guys who originally they were on uh, BuzzFeed and they Mm -hmm. were doing uh, basically weekly videos through BuzzFeed where they try something. Oh, I did know this because then one of them made that beautiful coming out video, right? Exactly. So last year we talked about Eugene Lee Yang's um, thing. So they're like all filmmakers, comedians. And so they branched out from in 2018, they left BuzzFeed, created their own company, and now they do everything on their own umbrella, which is like really cool because um, they managed to still keep all the old content and then now they're making new stuff. So I've been watching their uh, quarantine episodes, which have been really fun, and then all of their subsequent episodes. And it's just fun, just, you know, YouTube stuff. It's a nice little blueprint for, like, how people do YouTube. Mm-hmm. And they're very personal because they talk about, like, you know, their their partners are also involved in a lot of their things. Mm-hmm. There's one where it's, like, Ned is um, Ned is one of the Try Guys, and his wife, Ariel, is an interior designer. So mm-hmm. they do like their own version of like a HGTV type thing Mm -hmm. where they go in and do a room for one of the other people on the try guys. So they have all these different little shows and it's, it's just, again, something to have on in the background when you're like making dinner and yeah. Yeah. um, But yeah. Totally. Nice. Um, And you did, you did some homework. I hear. I did do this homework. Oh, he says with a, t- a bop in his neck. Yes. I did do this oh, homework. Oh, you did do this homework. Okay, what did you do? Yes. I watched Insecure, damn it. Oh, Finally. Did you watch all the seasons? I watched everything. I watched Tell it in me. a week. Uh, I watched yeah, it in- 
Oh my god, and tell me. Well, I'm assuming you enjoyed it then if you watched all of it. Oh, I cannot wait. I, I'm so curious to see how they're going to do this. Uh, first of all, I am team... <laughs> like, hold on. I am team Nathan all the way. Right? Oh god. Team- thank you. Oh, thank you. I was like, I was waiting to hear oh, team gorgeous. Nathan all the way. Um, Who's her other boo, though? The one that like she started out with and then got back with? Oh, yes. Well, that's funny. So, like, Jay Ellis. I like him, too. Who, um, what's his name? Lawrence. His name Lawrence. Lawrence. See, because I'm also Team Lawrence. Like, I kind of see both sides of it. I love them both. Uh, so, first of all, I watched Jay Ellis in a horror film, like, a couple years ago. I didn't know he was a part of this. He's going to be in the new Top Gun. Very interested. But, like, yeah. Jay Ellis is a gorgeous man. And he's been popping up in everything all over. Yeah. Lately. But, yeah. like, as far as the character of Lawrence goes, I am Team Nathan. Like, first of all... Like that, like Ooh. subtle Texas accent. Like it's mm. also Kendrick Sampson. Like ah, uh, just give me, uh-huh. give me, uh-huh. give me more. Um, here's the thing, I like. It's so fun to like watch to like first intro- be introduced to Yvonne Orji in her stand-up, and then to see her play this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so fascinating because it's like you can see. The show is so, like, if anyone that who's never seen it should go out and watch it right now because it's, like, speaking to things that we've been talking, like, people have been talking about. Yeah. The whole nonprofit thing, which was really yeah. interesting, all of that, like, it's just so, it, like, on a modern level, it's just very yeah. fascinating. I and love so, so, so much. I'm yeah. sorry, what? The code switching that happens mm-hmm. where... Oh, yeah. it's just so great. Um, I love so much how this show portrays female friendships. Mm-hmm. And, like, the dynamics of that. Like, when your friends stop understanding you and, like, or or start dealing with their own shit and then realize that they don't have space for your shit. And, like, that is so real and it's so necessary. And so I love how honestly Insecure paints this, you know. Have you watched any yeah. of their after episodes, like the, the after discussions for each episode? No, I haven't I've- watched that. I did see that Jay Ellis was doing um, – he did um, – he did like Jay and Lawrence having a chat. Mm-hmm. So talking about the season. And then he also did one where it was Yvonne and, Mo- and Molly having a chat, yeah. especially because this was shortly after the Emmy nominations Yeah, and well-deserved. I mean, should have been earlier, but well-deserved for this season specifically. Yep. Um, and it's just so complex. Like I, I, I I'm watching it. I'm just like, I side with this person one episode. I side with this person the other episode. Mm -hmm. And there are like, like, I know people who are exactly like Molly, which is just frustrating, but also like they have that character down and, and that portrayal. And it's just so, it's so interesting. I know. And yeah, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant show. It's so smart. It's so good. Yeah. And I love that they just, they don't shy away from anything from, from like the good, the bad and the ugly with everything, with sex, with friendships, with relationships, with travel, with food, with like, it's so. With um, money, like all of the stuff with the money. And then like, I mean, Amanda Seals also, I knew Amanda Seals from her standup. So like seeing Uh her as, um, seeing her in this role this like mm-hmm. very kind of like your snotty friend and uh-huh. and like the complex thing of like her having a baby and what uh-huh. that means for Kelly. It's just very interesting. 
Yeah. Kelly's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I love, yeah, it's so good. It's so, so, so good. Um, I'm so glad you're on board. Yay. Yeah, I'm very much on board. Good. Yay. <laughs> I win. Cool. Well, speaking of, that was a really great segue into the Emmys. We have the Emmys coming up next month, obviously. Um, and so we have lots of things coming up. Obviously, we're going to talk so, so, so much about Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. But we're also uh, really excited to see how these Emmys are going to pan out and uh, what that's going to look like for us. So, so stick we'll around, see. everybody. Stick around. I mean, all of the... You know, Shit's Creek is having has been nominated for like an unprecedented amount of awards. Insecure is up for a bunch of awards. There's so much that uh, we're looking forward to seeing, and so so all of that is coming up for us next month. Can't wait! So excited! Did you have a good month, Josephine? I mean, you know, it's as good as you can expect. You know, <laughs> you mean, with everything that's going on. That exact noise. That noise. <laughs> yes. Okay, you know, it was in August, guys. There it yeah. is. <laughs> but, I'm just trying uh, to stay cool. Stay cool. Yeah, I know. Please stay cool, stay hydrated, stay masked, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, continue to watch some stuff, follow us, like and subscribe us, and then, uh, you know, continue to enjoy your time of the month. Bye. Bye. <laughs>